And we are back. It's all eyes on Cleveland on a pain-free Friday. My name is Brad Ward. I'm your host. Mikey's on the ones and twos. Three straight days of interviews here this week. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. We're just knocking them out. Bang, bing, bang, boom. Style. Quick to you. Uh, Andrew Barry spoke today. We're going to talk about that after the interview. But first, I want to get right to tonight's interview. Uh, one of my favorite guests uh, that we've ever had on the show. He came on before the Titans-Browns game during the regular season. Uh, Denard Walker, former defensive back in the NFL from 1997 to 2005. He started in Super Bowl 34, the epic. Uh, he started for the Titans in Super Bowl 34, the epic, uh, you know, one-yard line, you know, reach uh, Super Bowl uh, where they uh, – just came up short, uh, and uh, he played in that game, and uh, he's an awesome guest. He currently hosts uh, the Believe in Titans podcast, so we're going to talk about Clowney's year with the Titans, and he's got some uh, draft targets to talk about, so he makes for a perfect guest this time of year. So uh, you are locked in with All Eyes on Cleveland, presented by Blue Wire Hustle. Make sure you hit that subscribe button at the bottom and enjoy the interview. We'll be back afterwards uh, to talk a little bit about what Andrew Barry had to say today. Uh, you know, as per usual, he did, you know, said, answered the questions without saying a whole lot, but we'll, we'll kind of read between the lines what we can there. Uh, and uh, we'll get you out of here. We're uh, banging out the shows this week. Uh, uh, hopefully you've enjoyed them. Great show last night with Tony Pauline. Back today with Denard Walker. Enjoy. We are absolutely thrilled to welcome back to All Eyes on Cleveland, one of my favorite guests that we've had uh, on the show. Former NFL defensive back from 1997 to 2005. He started in Super Bowl 34 for the Tennessee Titans. Denard Walker. How are we doing, Denard? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing excellent. It's uh, awesome to have you back. I, I didn't mention it off the top, and I should have. I was uh, reading your other accolades. Also, of course, host of the Believe in Titans podcast. So uh, we wanted to have you on the show, Denard. Uh, you know, a lot has changed since the last time we talked. I think we talked right before the Titans-Browns game last time, right? So Yeah, they killed uh, us down here. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it it was a good it was a good day for Browns fans, and they finally got that you know win over a, a good team. Uh, but today we want to start off talking about uh, Jadavian Clowney. Um, so last year, you know, the Browns courted him, offered him a, a nice big deal, and he passed on it, and eventually ended up in Tennessee uh, on a one year deal for twelve million dollars. Uh, he wasn't in camp, I don't think, right? Because uh, he signed so late. Right. Um, what What did you see from Clowney? I think he played what eight games. Is that all he played? Yeah, you know, it just it really wasn't a good fit, you know. And sometimes that happens, you know. He had some really great years in Houston, and the five years that he was in Houston from 2014 to 2018, he probably was the best defensive end in the game. Uh, unfortunately, that's what happens when you start making money. You start moving from place to place. And I've always said there's 32 teams. Unfortunately, you don't always uh, belong 
uh, in certain places. And we see that with a lot of free agents. But, you know, what you're going to get from Jadavion this year, I know he's changing his number. He's going back to number 90. Uh, he's getting out of that 99. That might make a difference. Yeah. And then you're going to pair him up, really, in, at least in my opinion, with the up-and-coming emerging superstar, Miles Garrett. And I think these two, oh, my goodness, I think the chemistry that if they can find chemistry, excuse me, uh, in playing with one another and knowing how to elevate each other's game and picking each other up, this can be scary for the National Football League and the AFC North. Yeah, that's that's the hope, at least, right, uh, for sure. Now, you know, the, his sack numbers haven't been there, but, you know, the people that that talk about Clowney, they say it's all about disruption, not so much production, right? You know, he's disruptive. He plays the run well. You can move him inside and outside a little bit. Um, some of the knock on him, Denard, has been kind of like, you hear those narratives of people saying like, has he lost a passion for the game or a love for the game? Did you see any signs of that in Tennessee last year? No. No, I didn't, because I think when he was in a game, he was very productive. Again, just because you're not getting the sacks, that doesn't mean that you're not putting in work. I think so many times um, from the outside and the critics is that if a defensive end, especially of Jadavion Clowney's, uh, his talent level, you always expect him to, say, put in like 10 some sacks a year and that just don't happen. I mean, that's just not yeah. the way it works in this league, but you said it right B if you're disruptive, that's what you want in a defensive end. When you look at the grades that have played this game, Michael Strahan, Kevin green, some of the best DNs hall of famers. Yeah. They got the sack numbers, but more importantly, if you look at the way they played and sometimes they may go a few games without a sack, but they were disruptive. And sometimes what we don't look at is the TFL, the tackle for losses. And Jadavion has been in the top uh, since he uh, came in the league in 2014. So, again, I, I've always – I tell people and I tell a lot of critics all the time, don't get caught up in the sacks. You know, it's just like with a defensive back. You know, sometimes we're judged, and I like to say we because I played this game, is how many picks – but sometimes they don't see where a defensive back or corner is setting the edge, which, you know, making the ball have to bounce in, which, you know, running backs love to get outside. But if he can't, you know, that's yardage. You know, that's again, that's where you can win or lose the football games. But they don't see that. They don't see the little things, the pass breakups. We're so fixated on certain categories like the sacks and the interceptions. But we don't see the little things. And Jadavion, he can bring that to this unit. Yeah, he does the little things, right? Absolutely. So uh, setting the edge. Uh, one of the things that I kind of commented on, tell me what you think of this. When you look at the AFC, right, and you look at the top teams in the AFC, and you go Patrick Mahomes, you know, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, if you really want to beat those teams, what, you know, the common denominator there is all of those quarterbacks are athletic. They're going to get out of the pocket. They're going to make plays. For me, Clowney is that kind of guy you want to have to combat that. Not so much just a straight away beat you one-on-one -on -one pass rusher, but a guy that can corral those guys. What do you think about that? Well, you know what? Let's not forget now, he was the number one overall pick in 2014. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so he's a slouch, you know, and he's only like 28 years old. So, listen, 
he still is in he, he's in his prime. He's just hitting his prime. I think Jadavion is going to go off this year because he has probably listened to the critics. A lot of players will listen sometimes, and they will use that as fuel. I think, and he said it best. I love when he signed with Cleveland. He quoted, I'm quoting him verbatim. He says, I just want to show that I'm still an elite player. And you know what? He said it best. He's got something to prove. He's got something yeah. to prove that he's still up there with the top, you know, top players uh, at his position. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you are watching All Eyes on Cleveland with terrific guest Denard Walker, uh, former NFL defensive back, uh, multiple teams, but played in, uh, started in Super Bowl with the Titans, uh, picked off Peyton Manning twice. Last time you came on the show, I think we, we showed that, uh, with the Broncos, right? Uh, and, uh, host of the Believe in Titans podcast. Uh, and I listen to you guys all the time and I've been listening to some of your draft work. So let's kind of transfer over to that here. I kind of was looking at this, Denard, and it looks like the Browns and the Titans have similar needs here. Corner, edge right uh so you know i know you've been evaluating some edge rushers who do you really like at the top of this class or or that would be there you know the titans and the browns are both picking in the 20s who do you like as an edge rusher in the, in the 20s that might be there well you know what me and davey both agreed we love ajalari aziz ajalari yeah. out of georgia uh undersized but productive <laughs> And I love his play. He reminds me of a young Dwight Freeney, uh, very explosive off the ball, very disruptive. And when you watch him play, about 80% of the snaps, <laughs> he's in the opponent's backfield. That's yeah. what you want out of a defensive end, especially a rush end. So I'm just crossing my fingers that the Titans, that Agile Art, that he's going to fall right when the titans need when they make that first round draft pick i hope he's right there i think at they uh, 29 i believe i'm not for sure uh, i need to go back and check that but you know what i'm very excited about this young man i think he would be a great fit for the titans organization and i think he would mix in well um with harold roberson uh also with derek no, excuse me with derek roberson and harold landry and that new front um I'm just excited. I mean, I think this would be a great draft pick for the Titans. Now, I know you, you know, you were a defensive back yourself. So obviously, uh, you know, evaluating corners is where I'm going to go next here. But uh, I wanted to ask you this question. So many players, right, in this draft, or a lot of the players, are being devalued because they didn't play football last year, right? So they took a year off. What is as a as a former player how does that impact you i mean would that be difficult to take a year off like that especially going from like the college level to the pro level no no you know why you know what let's think about so i had a chance to watch jamar chase his pro day and of course yeah. he took the year off and, and a lot of people think when a guy takes a year off he's not doing anything no, no, he's working because he knows that, listen, I'm trying to get to the league. So he's just had a little bit more time to prepare than others. And he's not as tired. Listen, think about it. When the season is over, let's say in December or January for a lot of juniors or seniors that are declaring for the draft, a lot of times, a lot of players are beat up. They're yeah. tired mentally from the season. So when you've had a year 
uh, to basically not have to go to go through a rigorous season where you're not beat up. You're fresh. And we saw that in Jamar Chase Pro Day. I mean, he lit it up and he showed why he's probably going to be the first uh, receiver taken off the board. For sure. Uh, there's some good corners in in this draft. Uh, who are some of your favorites, um, and and who do you like? You know, late first round uh, cornerbacks. Well, I'm very high on Caleb Farley. I, I love him out of Virginia Tech. Uh, Greg Newsom the second, just a yeah. monster out of Northwestern. He he's a young man, a young player that I, I love the way that he plays zone. I love the way that he played man to man coverage. Uh, no space uh, when it comes to go, um, covering receivers, and he's—I'm just excited. I know that Sertain, he's probably going to be gone, but I'm just excited about this draft because there's a lot of talent, and I feel like the Titans, no matter who they go out and get, Farley, Newsom, I think they're going to fit well into the Titans system. Um. Let me ask you about, so I got like a favorite guy that I really like a lot. And I know that you have a guy that you like a lot too. That's kind of maybe not at the forefront of these guys. Have you gotten a chance to watch any of Tyson Campbell uh, from Georgia play at all? Yes. Yes. I love his play. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really high on him. I I know the guy that you like, and I listen to your show a lot because I I value your opinion so much, Denard, but uh, you know, uh, I know that another guy that you like a lot and also I, I think is somebody that people should be talking about more is uh, Paulson Adebo, uh, or Adebo. Uh, yes. Can you talk a little bit about what kind of player he is? My favorite player, and let me tell you why. Um, <laughs> okay, let me give you a little hint. Adebo yeah. has a lot in common with the y'all stud in Mouse Garrett. They have a lot in common. You never right. guess. <laughs> both, both guys are from Mansfield, Texas, which is right down the street from my house, literally about 20 minutes away. It's a suburb. Really? Uh, right by, yes, right by Arlington. That's where Miles Garrett is from, Mansfield, uh, a place where they develop what I call great talent comes out of that, that city. I don't know what they're drinking out of Mansfield, but the <laughs> University of Oklahoma, where my son goes, they probably got three players on that team from Mansfield, Texas. And Adebo is my favorite because he set out this year because of COVID, like a lot of players, and I can that's understandable. But what yeah. I love about Adebo, he is a shut-down corner. I, I, I compare him a lot to Richard, Richard Sherman, another Stanford alumni. Okay, very big. Very, you know, tall, about 6'1", but Adebo is very aggressive. Uh, there's a game that I love, the Notre Dame um, receiver who's turning up for the Steelers right now. Claypool. Claypool. Chase Claypool. I watched this game and I evaluated. That's how I evaluate talent is I like to see where, you know, talent on talent. Iron sharpens iron. And Adebo actually takes out Claypool. And yeah. I mean, the whole game, he was on Claypool. No separation. He basically had about three or four passes defended. And he basically took one side of the field completely away. And so when you got a corner of that caliber that can eliminate one side of the field like Deion Sanders, that is a huge plus for your defense. 
Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Um, all right. Let me uh, let me ask you this. Uh, any guys uh, that you have found uh, as far as like sleepers that we should keep an eye on that you like in this draft that you think could be potential stars that people aren't paying attention to? Any sleepers you got for me here, Denard? Sleepers this year. Man, you know what? I think Tony out of Florida, Kadarius Tony. Yeah. You know, not a lot of people are talking about him. You know, he's just kind of gone under the radar, you know. Well, they want to talk about his size, you know, but he reminds me of a six-round draft pick years ago by the name of Antonio Brown, another Floridian. I love Tony out of Florida. He's a monster. He's a playmaker, and he's yeah. the kind of player that I feel like will galvanize an offense. He reminds me of a lot of a, a Wes Welker, but a little bit of Hans Ward because he's very physical, but yet he's shifty. You can put him in a slot. You know, sometimes you put him on the edge, you know, he can create, you know, chaos for a defense. So Tony's my man. I, I really love this player out of Florida. Uh, nobody's talking about him, but again, I think when he gets to the league, like a lot of guys like Hollywood Brown, I know they went first, but I think that he's a young man that can bring a lot of production to an offense. Yeah, I agree. I like him too. You know, this one, again, extremely, extremely deep wide receiver class. You're watching All Eyes on Cleveland with special guest Denard Walker, host of Believe in Titans podcast. Let's talk about the Titans for a minute. Uh, what What are you expecting from them in 2021? Uh, you know, it's, we had the cap crunch year where everybody kind of, you know, free agency, some teams were up against it. What do you expect from the Titans this year? A step forward, a step back? What's your expectations like? Well, if you step backwards, you might lose your job. It's <laughs> <laughs> hey, like Cleveland. You know, in the past, you always expected Cleveland to kind of step back. They're going to always find a way to step back. Not anymore. It's a new Browns team. And that's the same thing with the Titans. You can't go, you can't regress. You got to progress in this league in order to have a job. And so as long as we got King Henry, I like to refer to him. I don't call him Derek no more. That gives you a chance. We have <laughs> A.J. Brown arguably right now. He's coming on or emerging as the, the next great receiver in this league. I yes. think before his time is up, at the way that he's playing and the way that he's – the production uh, that he's putting in, he could be one day a gold jacket player. And then, of course, we got Ron Tannehill, Mr. Mr. Relevant, Mr. Do-It-All. So we got our trio of studs. And then when I look at our defense, I'm thinking to myself, you know what? We're going to, we got something to prove next year. And of course we get Kevin Johnson, you know, basically you guys didn't want him at Cleveland. So we took him and I'm very excited what this defense is going to do next year. I'm, 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 I really believe that this team will make a huge jump and they're going to get better. I think this is going to be a really good team in 2021. Yeah, I mean, uh, so Kevin Johnson, I was going to mention that, you know, he's going over there. I, I'm not the biggest fan. So, you see, first-round talent, right? He had a great year in Buffalo, then came to Cleveland. He was kind of pushed into, you know, playing outside corner because of COVID and missing players and things like that, when he's really a, a slot nickel guy, you know, truly – so he was kind of pressed into, you know, uh, duty that probably was a little over his pay scale, you know. Um, 
But the Browns let him walk because obviously they upgraded and went out and got Troy Hill to play that position. Um, they also got John Johnson the third, Tack McKinley, Anthony Walker, and then Clowney. What did you think about the Browns free agency? I thought they hit it hit it really good. You know who I like is Billings. You know, Andrew Billings. Yes. Yes. Um, off the Baylor Bear, yeah. You know, a, aka the strong arm. I've watched this uh watched this player since I've been watching Billings since he was at Baylor. And one of the things that he's known for is just being disruptive because he's so strong. I mean, he's one of the state, yeah. he's considered one of the strongest high school football players ever to come out of the state of Texas. Uh, because they used to um they would do a lot of uh, his powerlifting meets and he would just lift this crazy weight. And he's a, I think he's going to add so much upside. And then when you think about you guys defensive line, the Browns defensive line in 2021 with Garrett and Clowney, then Jordan Elliott and Billings. And then you talk about Taki Taki Walker and Phillips. Oh my goodness. And not to mention, you know, we got LSU uh, DBU basically has uh, taken over the city of Cleveland with Delpit and Williams, my two favorite players, because they went to LSU and I am being biased, of course, but, and then Denzel Ward, you know, you, Cleveland's got all the pieces to not only just make it to the AFC uh, championship, they got, they got all of the pieces to win it all next year. This is my team to win it in 2021. That's awesome to hear. I'm sure that that makes a lot of our fans very excited to hear you say that, Denard. Um, so, uh, the um, the Titans going into the draft, it's pass rush, right? That's all they're missing, right, in your opinion? Yes. Okay. Well, you know, right. every everybody wants to talk about the pass rush. And, yes, we, we were what, dead, almost dead last in sacks last year. But you yeah. know what? This defense, when they was put in a very – in a lot of uh, – adversity in situations that it was no fault of their own. I think about the the game against the Colts down in Nashville where the Colts came in and basically beat us. Uh, I think it was a game that the Titans really beat themselves. That game, it really wasn't on the defense. I thought the defense was placed in like uh, on a fourth and one on the goal line and they were able to stop the Colts. And I think they played well. What I like about this unit is they rise to the occasion when adversity hits them. And that's something that you cannot coach. That's something that a defensive unit, they have to develop that. And one of the things I love about this defense, they didn't get a lot of credit when they stepped up in, in bad situations. So, you know, yeah, people want to talk about the lack of sacks, but I will say this about this team is they are a resilient bunch. And as long as you can keep that mentality, I think there's great things going to happen uh, down the line, not only next year, but for years to come. Absolutely. Well, Denard, I cannot thank you enough for making time for us again. We wanted to take your temperature on Clowney, of course, and get your thoughts on the draft. I urge everyone out there to go check out uh, Believe in Titans podcast. You don't have to be a Titans fan to want to listen to Denard Walker talk football. I can promise you that. Uh, it's excellent every single time. So I'm a fan. I'm signed up. I listen to all your stuff. So, uh, and, and love having you on. Uh, former NFL, uh, defensive back, 1997 to 2005. Started in the Super Bowl, 34 for the Titans. Uh, third round pick. Of course, LSU. 
that all no, LSU. LSU guys in, in uh, Cleveland here. So uh, OBJ, we know that. Landry. Hey, yeah, OBJ, Landry, Greedy, Delpit coming back now. Uh, anybody, who's your favorite guy coming out of LSU this year? Do you like your Bill Cox? You know, I like them all. I'm, I'm, I'll be honest with you. I'm going to be biased. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, and, you know what? If, if, you, if Cleveland draft him, then again, it's just going to better help your team get to the uh, Super Bowl this year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. Phillips. I mean, they got they, they love taking those LSU guys. So that's for sure. Yeah. So we'll keep our eye on that. All right, man. You're fantastic as always. Thank you for your time. Go check out the Believe in Titans podcast. Denard Walker, everybody. Thank you, sir. Thank you, B. Appreciate it. back uh, on All Eyes on Cleveland on a pain-free Friday edition. That was Denard Walker, former NFL defensive back uh, for the Titans, a number of other teams. He is now the host of the Believe in Titans podcast. Uh, awesome guest, very cool dude, uh, weighing in on Clowney's time with the Titans. And of course, uh, some draft stuff, uh, as we've been hitting the draft hard all week long. Uh, as we go through this weekend into draft week next week, it, it's going to get exciting. I got, you know, downtown looking nice and everything there. Let's uh, talk a little bit about what we heard from Andrew Barry today, who spoke to the press. Um, I just wanted to hit on a couple things. So we start, these numbers are a little interesting, right? So 1,100 players, uh, you know, evaluated all the way down to their draft board, which is now 114 draftable players is what they have or what he said. Um, so, you know, and 54 priority free agents. So what comes to mind there is just the process of elimination. And you think about the, you know, the Browns guardrails and some of the things that they do. So, you know, with 1,100 players getting it down to 114 draftable, which seems like a really small number because that's like, what, like three rounds worth of players. But that's all they have is draftable players, 54 priority free agents. But, uh, you know, you eliminate a lot of them, I think, with the Browns due to age. You know, they care a lot about age. They want young guys, Right. They, they don't want an older, you know, there's guys that are right on that the edge of the age, you know, their guardrail there. But uh, they don't want to take an older uh, player necessarily in the draft. They want to take younger guys uh, And medical is going to eliminate a guy. So each team has different standards as far as that goes. But, you know, when you take into account age and medical, you're going to, you know, probably cut a lot of those players and just eliminate them from that process of evaluation. Barry said he felt really good about uh, his staff, his scouting uh, staff ability to, um, with all of the limitations to getting to players and no combine, they feel like they have adequate information on all the players in the draft. Uh, he was very, you know, when asked about, you know, 
need, right? Uh, and in drafting certain positions and things like that, he was very much the draft is about the future. It's about developing the uh, players for the future. Um, he used a quote from uh, Bill Polian: "Your needs today uh, aren't your needs tomorrow." Uh, he said he found finds that out to be more true uh, with every day that he is has the job. He uh, this is his quote uh, in regards to uh, what he wants to do really with the picks again addressing you know their evaluation over need or over uh, value of position uh, quote unquote. Uh, maximize the long-term impact of the roster with each pick. And that's kind of where he went with that. Very much downplayed the needs, uh, need-based picks. So, you know, of course that, it's a, you know, take some of that with a grain of salt because that's what everybody says or that's what all the GMs say. Of course, need and position value are going to come into the picture at some point. And play a factor in who they take at 26, 59, 81, or 89, 91, et cetera. Um, he felt that they were very flexible where they're at, which makes a lot of sense. Uh, you know, asked about the cornerback room, which was a good question, I thought, because that is for me like the position that needs to be addressed, right? And shouldn't necessarily be like, oh, well, we can just get a corner wherever. I feel like they need to get somebody that can contribute this year and um he said he felt very comfortable with the cornerback room as is well let's take a real quick at the cornerback room as is you have Denzel Ward Troy Hill and Greedy Williams as your potential starters right Greedy we don't know what we're going to get that nerve damage scares me that's very much written in with pencil in my opinion uh beyond that you go to MJ Stewart AJ Green Robert Jackson and Brian Allen there's no depth in that cornerback room uh, with the loss of Terrence Money Mitchell and really even less depth at the wide corner position unless they accept, expect, pardon me, uh, Brian Allen to step up or, you know, I mean, they signed Robert Jackson to a deal who played uh, his ass off in those games against the Steelers, but I wouldn't be counting on him. Uh, that's why I feel like, you know, corner is an actual needs to be an actual focus for them. Of course, he's not going to talk about that in the press conference. Uh, talked about Curtis Weaver, uh, you know, talked about uh, he did a great job rehabbing his toe uh, and transforming his body uh, in this time period off um, and then uh, evaluating opt-outs. Uh, he said he felt comfortable and that they had enough information on all of the opt-out players that it wouldn't really play that much of a factor. Uh, we had an all-eyes-on-Cleveland poll out going all week. I updated it after the first show with Charlie Campbell on Wednesday. It finished today. Uh, asked all of you what position you would like to see taken at pick 26. 33% of you said linebacker. 5.8% of you said wide receiver. 44.3% said cornerback and uh, defensive tackle slash defensive end. So the defensive line uh, garnered 16.2% of the vote. So a uh, interesting there. I totally agree. Cornerback is what it's all about uh, for the Browns moving forward. Uh, let's, uh, let's do this uh, before we get out of here today. It's a, uh, you know, Sucker Free Friday, 
pain-free Friday here on All Eyes on Cleveland. Uh, and uh, it's been a busy week, so let's uh, let's see if we can, uh, let's have a little fun here uh, and uh, do this. Oh, Mikey, help me out with my screen there, buddy. What's going on there? There we go. All right. Let's do a little mock draft. How about we do that, Mikey? You down? All right. Let's let's do a little uh, mock. We're going to go to the, the uh, Pro Football Network mock draft simulator here. You know, I, I like to use all of them. Uh, I haven't posted many of these, as you see them all over the place. But uh, let's go ahead and uh, draft. You see we have it ready here for the Browns uh, on uh, regular speed. And the draft starts as usual. They got Justin Fields at three. Pitts at uh, five to the Bengals. That's interesting. Sertain at 10 to Dallas. I actually think that's really wh where he will go. Uh, Owosu Koromo coming off the board early. There goes Ojolari, Barmore, uh, Bateman. They're going to limit my choices here big time. So uh, we get here. Uh, we're going to go trade offers. Uh, you know, tempting. This is very, very tempting here, uh, right? You know, so you can go back three spots. Is this right? Go back three spots and pick up a 90-second overall pick uh, with this trade. Let, let's see what the other one is. Um, 2022 picks. You know, this is for fun, so I'm not so much interested. I'm going to take this. I'm going to take this trade right here. I, that's too good to be true right there. So we're going to take that. And pick up a pick there. Uh, no thank you on this. No thank you. No thank you. I'm gonna take my. I'm gonna take my pick at 29. I want to stay in the first round here. Let's uh, take a, a look at best available here. Uh, Caleb Farley jumps right off off the page for me there. Uh, uh, Trevin Merrick. Uh, Merrig uh, there, uh, safety, Gregory Rousseau, Terrence Marshall, uh, Melifonwu, uh, I like a lot, uh, Jalen Phillips still on the board, Kelvin Joseph, uh, Baron Browning, Richie Grant, as we kind of take a look at who is the best available on the board still, Sante Samuel, uh, Ellen McNeil is a guy I would be interested in, but not at this point in the draft. Once again, my focus is on cornerback, and at this point in the draft, I'm willing to go ahead and uh, make my pick on Farley at 29 here. Uh, and I understand the back issues and the concerns there, but that's uh, that's what I'm going to go with uh, in this scenario for sure, and uh, take him as a guy that you know he could be really really special. You know, a lot of people feel like he's the best corner in the draft if you take away the back issues. Uh, and then you hear other people say, well, one back procedure leads to two back procedures uh, in most cases. And that and that's interesting as well. So uh, here we are at 59. We're going to uh, reject this trade here uh, and uh, see what we have on the board. I certainly do like Basham Jr. at this point in the draft. Let's see what else we got here. Asante Samuel still there. Uh, Aaron Robin Robinson is a corner who I like a lot. Uh, I really like Brown as a wide receiver. Joe Tryon, edge from Washington, uh, I like a lot. Let's see here. The guy, oh, there's my guy, Tyson Campbell. Oh, 
could, what, what could have been so sweet, Campbell is available there. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say that if this was uh, my pick here, I would go with Joe Tryon Edge from Washington at 59. And that's the pick uh, that we uh, have in the second round there. Now, we picked up an extra third by trading back three spots in the first round, uh, which uh, seemed like a no-brainer to me um, with the players that were on the board at that point. So we're going to kind of proceed down here and see what we get when we get into the late 80s is we should have three picks bunched together here uh, all together here so we're going to reject that and uh, let's see what kind of uh, needs we can address here so Weaver's still on the board the, I, I see a guy you know right away I, I, I like uh, while Dwayne Eskridge you know that is a guy that I am super high on he, and a lot of people are really high on right now uh, there's, um, Brevin Jordan tight end from Miami. A lot of guys here to like still at this, in this, uh, area. There's Paulson Adebo, or Adebo, uh, the guy, uh, the cornerback from Stanford that, um, Denard Walker just got done talking about that he's so high on. He was also in Chris Sims' top five cornerbacks, um, Chaz Surratt, linebacker uh, from North Carolina, is very uh, enticing as a need for uh, the Browns uh, there. But I'm going to go ahead and take uh, Tommy to Togiai, or however you say that, Togai, uh, from Ohio State at defensive tackle. Uh, I like him a lot. I think that he would be uh, a good rotational piece. And uh, we even just talked to... Uh, last night on the show uh, to Josh Keatley, who's now working at the, the Buckeyes wire as well as the Browns wire. And he is uh, high on him as a defensive tackle. I think he's a good fit for the Browns. They scoop him up at 89. Uh, no, thank you. No, thank you. All right. So we're coming right back here and I am going to go ahead and get uh, Dwayne Eskridge, wide receiver from Western Michigan, beast. Love this guy. Love this guy. Coming right back here. Again, pick. This is the extra pick we picked up for trading back three spots. And I'm going to slide down here and take uh, linebacker from North Carolina, Chaz Surratt. Uh, I feel uh, like, or Surratt, I don't know how you would say that, but uh, I know that he is the kind of linebacker that, uh, you know, I think can challenge Phillips, push him uh, for that off-ball linebacker position, and a guy that the Browns could, could use in that room, uh, a guy that can cover uh, as well. So I like him from North Carolina. And there in the, you know, having the three picks there at 89, 91, and 92 serves the Browns very well as we have knocked off cornerback, defensive tackle, linebacker, and wide receiver already. Uh, so that kind of, uh, and, and edge in the second round with Joe Tryon. So here we are at 110. Uh, let's see what we got available here. <clears throat> this is where it gets uh, uh, kind of crazy. But once again, Paulson Adebo on the board still. Like him a lot. Going to take him. You know, we took Farley early, but really this gives... 
the Browns in this in this scenario, it gives the Browns an opportunity to double up on cornerback in case it doesn't work out with Farley's back, right? So Tyler Shelvin is a good player at defensive tackle there uh, that I like a lot. But I, I like a, a Debo or a Debo, however you say his name, uh, there a ton uh, from Stanford. Uh, once again, in, in Sims, uh, Chris Sims' top five cornerbacks uh, in this class. And we just got done with Denard Walker talking about what a good player he was as well. So taking him uh, at 110, I think, is an absolute steal. So we move on here in the draft. So if we're looking at kind of like what the Browns, you know, want to do here, we can kind of look at best player available at this point. Um, you know, we've addressed any real needs. Do they do they want to add to the safety room? Should it should it be available? I think that would make sense to maybe add one more body there and force out uh, any of of the. Uh, nonsense players that that are currently residing on the roster uh and so right away i can see here i'm going to scroll down a little bit you know this uh deo Ode yingbo uh from uh vanderbilt is an intriguing player injury issues i believe uh but a high upside uh jamie and sherwood auburn great player uh, there's some there's some players here. Anthony Schwartz is very intriguing as a wide receiver uh, with speed, which is certainly something the Browns need uh, is a speed element. However, at, at this point, it's for me, it's kind of between uh, I like Tony Fields a little bit, too, but it's not really. I don't think what the Browns need. I think that I would be between Gillespie here and uh, and the other safety Sherwood is kind of where I'm looking, um, and I'm going to go with, uh, I actually think I'm going to go with Sherwood. I like him a little bit more here uh, at uh, 132. So Jamie and Sherwood added to the safety room, uh, and that should that adds some depth there uh, should it be needed during the season uh, for the Browns in the safety room moving along in the draft here as we are in the 150s now this is fun i could do this all day we could mikey we could do just do this all day just just do this all night we'll just go from site to site do draft after draft we getting any feedback here no no feedback all right that's all good it's all good uh chubba hubbard uh, Radarius Williams, David Moore, Quentin Morris, Shaka Tony, Jamie Newman, quarterback from Georgia. Um, as we kind of look here, uh, Sage Surratt uh, from Wake Forest. Uh, you know, I, I like saying this is such a deep corner class, I think. There's just so many good uh, corners uh, down the board here. Um, but... The guy that I'm going to take, and he is a developmental guy, but when we're, you know, when we already addressed edge with Tryon, but I don't think you can have enough pass rushers ever, but Jamarius Robinson from Florida State is a guy that would be valued so much higher and that has a huge ceiling, in my opinion, 
uh, low-risk, high-reward pick here with Robinson, uh, who could be an elite edge, and I'm going to take him at 169 and, and really bolster that room. So I've doubled up now on corner and edge. I just think those are important, important positions for the Browns, you know, if addressing this as they remake their defense here. So I hit him twice, Far- Farley and Adebo, Tryon and uh, uh, Robinson there for, from uh, Florida State, who is a guy that uh, potentially could have been taken higher. I don't I don't remember the full story on him right now. I can't rattle off the top of my head, but I know that he has a huge upside. Um, and uh, that's where we are with that. So I doubled up on him. I like adding two guys to that room. Your chances of hitting are obviously so much higher. Here we are uh, at 2-11. Taking a look at what's on the board here. Uh, eh. Darren Hall, Trey Norwood from uh, safety from Oklahoma, Noah Gray, tight end Duke. Interesting. Um, <clears throat> Shane Buscelli, uh, SMU quarterback. Thought about in this draft them potentially needing to take a running back at some point. But the guy that I'm going to take here uh, is another high upside guy because this isn't really a position of need. But we don't, you know, you never know what's going to happen. And Joku's been on the trade block before. But Pro Wells, tight end from TCU, is a guy I like a lot with a high upside. And I'm going to add him to the Browns roster. Uh, continue to cultivate tight ends in this uh, tight end needy offense. But he could be a real uh, threat in the pass catching game. Uh, there are a number of tight end sleepers in this draft. I think it's a it's a piss poor tight end class. It's a piss poor defensive line class. However, when you look at sleepers and guys that you know maybe have this issue or that issue but really could turn into something special. There are a few tight ends that jump off. Uh, I am going to be working on a sleepers piece this week. You can look for it at the Browns Wire. We'll probably follow it up with a video to hit on some of those guys. I actually tweeted out about one of the defensive backs that I like for that a lot. Uh, So um, uh, you can check that out. I uh, tweeted out his uh, raw athletic scores, Raz, uh, out on... um, Twitter and talked about him a little bit. Oh, we don't want full results. How do we go back? Come back. Ah, it's ruined. It was ruined. Anyways, uh, you saw as uh, that was uh, the draft there uh, done uh, by me on the spot. Uh, at PFN's Draft Mock Simulator. We got two corners, Caleb Farley. We got Adebo later. We traded back three spots to get an extra pick at 92. We got Joe Tryon. We got Robinson, the kid from Florida State at edge as well. We were able to get our defensive tackle from Ohio State with Tommy T. I don't know how to say his last name properly. Togai. Togai. Uh, And then uh, we also... Uh, got Pro Wells, the tight end from TCU. Uh, who else did we address there? 
as we were going through there. We took the safety Jamie and Sherwood from Auburn as well. And I think that rounds out the Browns class. Um, and uh, yeah, we got an extra, extra pick, but it enabled us to get, you know, two good corners and two good edges in that, in that situation. So that was fun. We do that all day, Mikey. Uh, but I uh, hope you enjoyed the show here tonight, the interview with the very awesome Denard Walker. Uh, go check out his show at, uh, uh, Believe in Titans. Uh, the Believe Podcast Network is just awesome. Uh, thanks to Cam Rogers for hooking me up with so many great guests from over there, including Tony Pauline yesterday. Uh, and remember, he's having the lunch event down at Lago East Bank Thursday and Friday uh, afternoon uh, draft down there. He'll be talking draft rumors, draft insider stuff, all the good stuff from Tony Pauline, who was on yesterday, and Charlie Campbell, who was on Wednesday. So we went Charlie Campbell from Walter Football. We went Tony Pauline from PFN and Believe uh, Podcasts. Uh, he has two podcasts, one with Trey Wingo, one with Chris Trebody. The Trebody one is on Believe in Podcasts. We had, and then we went with Denard Walker from Believe in Titans, ex NFL defensive back today to talk about Clowney and more draft. We did a little mock draft last night. We played over and under with Josh Keatley on the, uh, the prop bets from betonline.ag. So it's been a fun week. Draft just coming at you in waves. That's how we're doing it here at All Eyes on Cleveland. Hit the subscribe button. It helps us out so much on the way out. Hope you enjoyed another one. We'll be back next week. Just more stuff. As I said, we'll have my sleeper article out. We'll do a uh, uh, definite uh, video on that after the article is released at brownswire.com. But this has been All Eyes on Cleveland. Thanks to Denard Walker again for making time for us. Uh, For Mikey on the ones and twos. This has been a Blue Wire Hustle production. My name is Brad Ward. We are out.